Hello and welcome to my Power of Music and Voice podcast. I've talked to many industry professionals and non-professionals on the power of music and voice for good mental health and general well-being and about what it means to them and how it is used. My passion is to raise the awareness of their power. With voice, it could be hypnotherapy, therapy or just talking about issues or singing. With music, it could be writing songs or performing or giving music therapy. That's another very effective way to help. They can both bring harmony, peace, joy and so much more to our lives and to the lives of others when their power is embraced. Join me on this wonderful journey through music and voice. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. It's all about the voice. Voice is used in so much. We use voice all the time, whether it's singing, acting, giving therapy sessions, presenting or voiceovers. I mean, it's endless and the voice needs to be looked after to be able to perform properly. So I have the lovely Nick Redmond chatting to me today about the voice. She is a voice actor and a voice and accent coach working internationally with clients on all aspects of vocal technique, including vocal health. Hailing from Northern Ireland, but based in Manchester, I'd like to welcome Nick. Hi, Nick. How are you? Hi, I'm very well, thank you. (laughs) Lovely. Thank you for giving me your time today. I know you're a super busy woman. In fact, you're a superwoman. Just my (laughs) head goes dizzy when I I listen and read about the things you are doing. So, you know, hey, super Nick. Tell me, Nick, (laughs) I'd like to ask, when was your fascination for The Voice? When did that start for you? Um, Well, I've always loved accents and silly voices and stuff and I you know when I was a wee kid there are many stories although I don't remember that many of them of me doing really terrible impressions of people and people in the family or I was always doing skits about the teachers and all kind of very classic cliched nonsense in your childhood um voice I think my voice geekery ultimately reached its peak after I trained as an actor always enjoyed singing always enjoyed the voice classes and stuff but after I trained in musical theatre in London I kind of accidentally fell into voiceover work and then I realised oh this is a totally different ball game because it was no longer about what I looked like it was just about my voice and I found that really liberating because I'd spent a lot of time trying to break into musical theatre getting people saying to me you sound great and you look great but those two things don't go together for this part I'm afraid (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, oh, no. you know, my, my physical cast type didn't fit my voice so my voice didn't fit. the. Ca- it was just a bit of a unfortunate kind of collection of things that clashed. So I ended up doing voiceover work and then they were like, don't care what you look like. <laughs> don't care how big your feet are or how big your boobs are or whatever. <laughs> I know, it is liberating. You, it's just your voice, thanks. I have a perfect face for radio and voiceovers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah me too, I think these days, for sure. <laughs> Very comfortable bum to sit on to record, thank you. Um, and then after I'd been doing voiceover for a while, I was just really excited about the potential of voice and I found this course at Central School of Speech and Drama where I'd trained in musical theatre earlier and it was um, an MA in voice practice, voice studies. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I did that. And that was the kind of final piece in the puzzle. And since then, I've done both. I've I've had the joy of still performing. uh, But I also get to completely geek out about the voice and help other people with their voices and accents all over the world, which is brilliant. Uh, It's it's great for us that you're doing it, actually, Nick. Thank you very much. And I love all the podcasts (laughs) and the little hints and tips you give us regularly. So what got you into accents? Um... I've always done accents. When I was working as an actor, I was always the one in the 
production in the cast who just did all the parts that they couldn't afford extra actors for. <laughs> so I was always the one who ended up playing seven different people with seven different accents and seven different variations of, you know, personality or gender changes and all that kind of stuff. So I've constantly been someone who's worked in an area that's required flexibility of the voice and and act character acting, I suppose. Um, uh, so it's always just been a thing I could do. Like I could just always do accents. I mean, granted, until I really trained, there were probably more approximations of accents than really understanding the intricacies of it. But what the training does at Central is give you all of the theory and the understanding and the phonetics and the grounding of what it is you're actually doing instinctively. So it was really nice because I was then able to take that skill that I had that I didn't know how I had it or why I had it and um, work backwards and sort of analyse all the things I realised I was doing. And that's what gives you the skill to be able to teach it to other people. You know, there's one thing being good at accents, but the ability to coach it to somebody is... Mm doesn't always work for people. So now I have the theory through which, you know, the theoretical lens through which to um, put all that instinctive ability and uh, help other people with accents. I've always wondered where it came from in terms of having an ability with accents because people ask that a lot. Um, I did grow up with two accents in my house because my dad was Irish and we lived in Ireland, but my mum was from Lancashire uh, in the north of England. So I always ended up with little bits of different accents I, you know, the way I communicated with my parents differed sometimes. So with my dad, I'd be like, well, what's the crack? Whereas with my mum, I'd be like, oh, yeah, you're right. And go a bit more Lancashire. So I just wonder if from a young age, subconsciously or unconsciously, you know, that kind of linguistic code switching or changing my accent has has led to an ability to shift and change things a little bit. I do wonder that because I love accents, but I try, I, I'm not that brilliant. I have to work at an accent. Yet my son, from way, you know, really young, as soon as he could start to talk, could mimic and do accents. And he can pick them up really well. So maybe it is something that, I don't know, you're naturally able to do for some people like yourself. And then, of course, you've just gone on and you've um, learned about it more and learned the the more technical yeah. side of it and others like me have to really work I'm currently working on a Gen Am I'm not going to do it now but I am currently working on that <laughs> I have to really yeah. work at it yeah but the thing I'd say is most people even the people who are good at it have to work at it mm. to get it to a point where it's um, consistent and authentic and feels comfortable I mean there was a brilliant article with Kate Winslet recently about um, an accent she's had to do for a production that's on at the moment and she says you know it's it's hard it is hard and you have to work at it every day and it, she she talks about how ultimately it's like the accent evaporates and you're just left with the character of whom the accent for whom the accent is a feature. Um, so it becomes part of the whole character. But the other interesting thing I'd say generationally is that think about, I don't know what age your son is, but the different influences that kids have now. My son's watching TV and hearing so many different, even if it's just accents of the UK and then accents of America. He's hearing those all the time and his media influences. So already when here when we're kind of playing and, you know, having a bit of crack, he's like doing his version of an American accent. Like, you know, which isn't accurate right now, but it's got the energy of like all the heroes he watches, you know, that kind of thing. And I think kids pick up so much more. So I'd be 
so much more now. Sorry, uh, Monday already, and I'm uh, losing my sentences. That's a good start. <laughs> we're all, but we're, like we're I all think they're ex- <laughs> they're exposed to so much. Yeah, and that really does make a difference. Now I'm going to ask you a question here, and it might be a difficult one. But do you have a favourite accent? <laughs> uh, no, like of course not. I love them all. You love them all. It changes. Like if I had to pick one, I mean, it all. I think a lot of my accents are tied in with nostalgia. So the accents that I really love and that get me all giddy and excited are the ones that mean a lot from my childhood. Yeah. I think. So I really love the kind of North Side Dublin accent, which is like Colin Farrell kind of uh, Brendan Gleeson vibe. Um, and I really love the accents from Cork because I spent a lot of my summers with family in Dublin or friends in Cork. So they bring a lot of like wonderful memories of times in your life, those kind of really important times when you're discovering yourself and, you know, that kind of sad nonsense, <laughs> you know, like first boyfriends and, yeah. <laughs> you know, all, like making best mates and all this kind of thing and summer excitement, all kind of thing. So I really love those. But there are other accents that I love for different reasons. So I really love the Stoke-on-Trent accent, for example, because it's just such a fascinating collection of features. It feels like a mishmash of an accent with, I can hear so many different influences in it. So that's one I've started to investigate a little bit on my own because it fascinates me and I really enjoy it. And so at the moment, mine is terrible. (laughs) It's fine, but like it wouldn't, fool anybody I don't think um, but I yeah I enjoy and appreciate the features and sounds and emotions of all accents but I think that's what that's kind of part of the job yeah accents fascinate me I don't know whether I, I I've delved in enough to have a favorite one um, I do like the uh, foreign languages which of course you know uh, are really nice to my ears, like the Italian. But if I, I, I have to say, I do lean to the the Southern Ireland accent. My friend is from uh, Dublin, and so you know, she, she, I love listening to that accent. But you know, you're the expert on accents. I'm fascinated with them, and that's why I'm trying to learn them <laughs> bit by bit because it also helps in voiceovers. Of course, the more accents you can do, mm. you know, the more work you're likely to get. So moving on. Can you tell me, because this is all about, you know, the, the podcast is all about the power of music and voice for mental health or well-being or just physical wellness, basically. And of course, it's so important to maintain good vocal health, isn't it, Nick? Yeah. And I think in terms of linking this to, linking this to what your podcast is about, it's remembering that vocal health isn't just I'll eat some honey and I'll do a warm up. Vocal health is a completely holistic process. And uh, I know personally from my own physical holistic experience and from that of my clients who I work with on vocal health issues, that if your mind and your body aren't in tune or are going through the ringer for any particular reason, then your voice will experience it too. And I think that's something that people don't don't have the sort of um, privileged to understand unless they've either weirdly experienced a pathology that's related to the mind or the body um, or have had the chance to work with somebody on it who's maybe suggested it. So if someone comes to me and they go, I've lost my voice and I've no idea why, then my first job as a responsible practitioner is to talk to them and go, right, have you had any illnesses recently? Could it be tied to that? 
what's going on in your life that you're happy to share with me? If I suggest a few things in terms of physical trauma or mental trauma or anxiety, does any of that connect with you? And it's about helping sometimes it's facilitating joining the dots for people sometimes because the power in understanding that it's not just these vocal folds, it's the whole body and the whole mind is incredibly important. Yeah, nothing <laughs> rings more true about that, that when you'd come to, as a voice actor or a singer, the warm-up process. Because I found, now I listened to your latest episode today on your Voice Coach podcast and basically you're going through the, the warm-up process. Now, you're going through the, the relevant sequences, first with the breathing, well, first with the warming up, you know, loosening your body and then and the breathing. And as you're doing your, like, lip trills or something, focus on your breathing so you can keep that breathing regular. And there's a, there's a sequence going through, which really does help because I find that if I am warming up for a gig and I just warm up the voice and I haven't got time to do anything but warm up the voice, I don't feel totally warmed up. I need the mind and the body and everything to really connect before my voice works re- to its best ability. And, and, and what you mm-hmm. said, is, you know, it's so true. It's all connected. Yeah, and I think some people might find that a bit overwhelming in one sense because it becomes more than just a voice warm-up. But my point is, and what I'm trying to get over in the Voice Coach podcast, is that it doesn't have to take ages and it doesn't have to be this huge thing. It can be. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love an hour to lie on the floor and breathe and stretch and, you know, find resonance and vibrations and buzzing and like all that kind of lovely indulgent stuff that is is where I get a lot of my kicks in terms of like physical and mental wellness. Um, But you can be mindful and present in the tiniest of exercises and you can involve the body, the whole body in the tiniest of voice exercises as well and the shortest of voice exercises. So it's about just, I think, putting things through a slightly different lens. I was thinking a lot for um, an episode that I've just done on how to fit voice practice into your day because a lot of clients are like, this is all great, Nick, but where do I put it? Like, how do I do it? How do I get it into my day? Um, And I was reminded of this idea of uh, what's called deliberate practice, which is the idea that you do something with a very specific outcome. You don't just go through the motions. And in that way, you get more out of it for less. Because if I go, right, I'm going to... I'm going to focus on my lip trills today. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to focus on my lip trills today and my focus is going to be the breath. I'm going to really focus on releasing the abs on the in-breath. I'm really going to focus on feeling that low connection with the transversus for that nice vocal support on the out-breath and that's what I'm going to focus on. So if you if you go, right, I'm going to do five minutes of lip trills or semi-occluded vocal tract exercises, which is where the lip trill belongs, and I'm going to focus on the breath then you can do that. If you want to go, I'm going to focus on, I'm going to do five minutes of lip chills, but I'm going to focus on seeing if I can extend my range a little bit and seeing if I can ease myself up a little higher, explore some of that lower area, then you can do that. So it's about understanding that the worst thing you can do is have a a vocal warm-up there to assist your vocal health and your consistency with the voice that you've been doing for 25 years that someone taught you ages ago that you know by the back of your hand and you just go through the motions and you're doing it while you're on your phone, you're doing it while you're whatever and you're not really thinking about it. Listen, we all do warm-ups like that every now and again. I get it. Like, I do as well. But you will get so much more for little effort or input if you just say, five minutes, now, let's do this, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's why I have that five-minute warm-up episode as well because um, I think I for some that. people it's a really good place to start I love and I'm not that. saying that's all you need <laughs> like, it's yeah five minutes to get you going 
And then let's see how amazing it feels after five minutes. And then what else can we explore? You know, it's kind of all sneaky, sneaky tricks. <laughs> it's great. I do love that. That's really, I, that, in that five minutes, it does wonders. I was doing it this morning. I love all the funny faces and it's just lovely. You can completely let yourself go, but you have to pull funny faces to warm up. You have to do all the jigging about Absolutely. and let things wobble and things like that, you know, but it's all good for the warm up and you do feel good. Five minutes, is it's amazing how much in that five minute warm up you do, you do warm up. I love it. Yeah, so in fact, that brings me on to tell people about your YouTubes, your voice coach podcast, <laughs> and you also uh, do the... VO Social as well, don't you? It's another podcast you do. Yeah. Could you talk to so us I about have... your podcasts, please? Yeah, of course. Of course. So uh, my podcasting journey started with um, my darling friend, Leah Marks, and the VoiceOver Social podcast. Now, we started that podcast kind of by accident, like five years ago, six years ago, maybe, when we just wanted a little audio something that was us inviting people to a social that we were running in Manchester. We were like, well, it's an audio event. Why don't we just say the invite instead of writing it? So we would meet for five minutes and she had a kid on her arm and I had a kid in my belly, I think, at the time. And we'd be like, hiya. We're going to be meeting in the pub on the Saturday sometime. Do you want to come? How was your day, Leah? Yeah, it was good. Like, it was just us having a chat. And then we used that as a way to um, approach people we wanted to talk to. You know, Leah wanted to talk to people in audio drama. I wanted to talk to other people about certain things. And we used that VO social audio plug, as we were calling it, podcast log, uh, as, a, as an umbrella to kind of approach the people we wanted to talk to who ordinarily may not have given time to some random person. You know, it's that kind of... Anyway, that developed into the Voice Over Social podcast, which has now been nominated for lots of awards and it's brilliant and really well respected and um, an incredible podcast for anyone in the voiceover industry, if I do say so myself. It's more of it's more than a podcast. It's like a service, you know. We provide insights and important interviews and we talk about topics that voiceovers need to talk, like, hear about. And, you know, we talked about AI and we get insight from equity and, and I give some voice tips as well so there's that and then basically because I love podcasts so much I decided to do my own one that was complimentary really um, to the voiceover social and it's just about voice training and that's where the idea for the voice coach podcast came from and it's a very different podcast because it's 15 minutes each week of me going right here we go this is the exercise we're doing this week or this is the element of voice we're working on and it's progressive so uh, what I'm hoping I'm doing and what I feel that the plan was to take people on the voice training journey little by little and give them little insights because I'm really passionate about making voice training and voice work uh, accessible to people who maybe before thought it was some kind of highfalutin thing that only happens in drama schools. Um, because that's what sort of what it felt like to me when I first started, you know, my training. We did voice classes, but there wasn't a huge amount of focus on it and, and it just felt all felt a bit out of reach. So this is just about me going, right, here we go. Give us a wee try and see how it helps. They're really very comprehensive. I love listening to this. The, the tips are brilliant. And, you know, I Thank love you. what I love about it is I listen to them while I'm doing the washing up or if there are particular exercises, I actually stop and... and I find it so nice that you've got, you're being led through your podcast. The way you put it across is so great. I have to say, I'm I'm hooked. It's on my phone. I listen to them regularly. And I, you listeners, you must go and stop by. This is the vosocial.com. Listen at the vosocial.com is the podcast. 
Nick does with Leia. And then she's got the Voice Coach podcast, which is great. I recommend it. And then, of course, she has a Facebook group. But, of course, if you want training, expert training, and coaching. She runs <laughs> wonderful classes too and retreats. She's just doing a retreat. Tell, actually, tell us about that retreat. This is the first, isn't it, for you, Nick? Yeah, I'm really excited. It's the first that has been postponed and postponed and postponed because of COVID and finally we're getting to do it. So yeah, um, I'm doing a, well, it's called the Ultimate Voice and it's basically a weekend with me where we've moved to, we've moved from Manchester actually. So we're now living in on the Cumbria Northumberland border. Um, on Hadrian's Wall and we live in a fabulous accommodation with um, eight ensuite rooms and some lovely gardens and views for days and hot tubs and its own bar and all that kind of stuff and we're basically I'm just going to develop an in-person retreats side of things because I like people and I like the immersive element of voice training as well, you know. So what I want is to have everything. I want the people who can only fit 10 minutes a day and at one end. And then I want something for the people who are like, nah, sod it. I want a weekend away that's tax, tax deductible and work related that I can go to and spend just doing voice. And that's what this is. So it's a beautiful mix of um, voice work with me each day and a bit of time to explore and walks in the area and um, all sorts of lovely other retreat style things a bit of yoga and stuff so yeah I'm really excited about it so I can't wait to actually have people in the room doing voice work because it's been a year of none of that so I'm really excited Uh, but yeah I've got a course coming up soon actually on accents as well so um uh, the ultimate I'm doing my ultimate accent toolkit course again which is a brilliant online course it's basically six weeks step by step how to break down an accent and teach it to yourself so again it's very much under my banner of I want to give you the autonomy to not actually need me <laughs> <laughs> I want to give you the skills to be able to do it yourself and then come to me for a cheeky checkup or a bit, bit of a tweak um, yeah so that's coming up soon so if you're interested in that um, check my Instagram at Nick Red Voice there'll be loads on there about it do you get time for yourself at all, Nick? You're a very busy woman, aren't you? You're a super, as I said yeah, earlier on, yeah. you're a superwoman. Well, <laughs> you just seem to be, and you're a mum to a young, yeah, young lad. Young one, yeah. I have a little. I have a little boy who thinks the day starts at five a.m., which is probably reasonably similar to me, to be honest. So this morning at five a.m., we were making comics and um, reading. He's only four, but um, yeah, he's he's like, let's do this, let's get on with the day. So yeah, it's funny. People say they they I seem busy all the time, and I I just I've just always always been busy. Like I spoke to my mom about this. She was like, yeah, you never bloody stopped. You know, some kids I think needed time to sit and watch the telly and like chill out and stuff when they were young and and that's great I, I just wasn't one of those kids so every day after school I was like straight home do my homework snack 20 minute power nap out to ballet school home do my homework 20 minute power nap have a snack out to da- other kind of dancing like I was always doing something and I've just always been like that so yes I'm busy and yes it gets a bit much sometimes but the more I build my business the more I'm learning how to do it in a way that doesn't completely sacrifice my own mental well-being so like at the moment I'm allowing I'm learning piano and that's one of my self-care things so I once every fortnight I have an Irish piano lesson and it's in and I do it and then I practice when I can and and it's just a little outlet for me creatively because one of the other things I think is really pertinent to um, someone who has such a busy uh, life like I do, 
is that I love my job so much. I love it so much that I could do it morning till night. And one of the things that you actually end up sacrificing is the kind of concept of hobbies <laughs> because I just don't have time for hobbies and I really miss that in the last little while. So that's where the idea to take up pianos come from again. I just wanted something that was just for me, wasn't about business, wasn't about work that I still really enjoyed. And I do yoga and swim and stuff. So um, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to stay in tip top condition. But yeah, I do work a lot because <laughs> I like well, it. Brilliant. Well done. And it's it's paying off because you've got so many people on Facebook now and hopefully you're getting the work you are reaping the war, the rewards of your hard work now, and uh, <laughs> I've I've had yeah, coaching with good. you, and it's lovely. It's really <laughs> lovely, and I intend to have some more coaching with you when I can. And uh, yeah, Aww, it's great. And, and Nicola, I can't thank you enough for giving me some of your time. I know you're busy. I know you've got to get away, and I really am so grateful for you coming along talking to us about the voice, the importance of the voice, and and maintaining it, and just having. A good crack, as you say, or crack, crack. <laughs> nice bit of crack. You say it, you say it, you say it for me. Sure, it's a wee bit of crack, hey. It's a wee bit of crack. <laughs> Can't say it as good as you. I've got to practice that. Thank you so much for coming along. It's been lovely to chat to you and You're listen welcome. to all your wonderful projects that are going on as well. Thank you. Thanks, Lynn. You have been listening to a Lynn Nash Music and Voice production for the power of music and voice for mental health and well-being. I hope you've enjoyed it and I hope you do come back for more episodes. Thank you very much for listening.